Welcome to Signals Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by Signals, an AI marketing platform that helps companies automate, grow, and close sales pipeline. Today, we're diving deep into the world of AI, demystifying the connections that define our digital age as we share presentations from the AI Revenue Summit. For this episode, our speakers, Steve Error, Director of Sales at Signals, Jordan Crawford, founder of Blueprint, and Dan Baird, co-founder and product lead at Wrench.ai, will discuss Hippo Highway, Steering Chat GPT, a tactical guide to writing subject lines and winning campaign ideas. We hope you enjoy. Good afternoon. Good morning. Whatever time it is, wherever you're watching, welcome to the uh, the 2023 AI Revenue Summit. My name's Steve Error. Uh, I'm head of sales here at Signals. We're really excited to have you here. Um, the guests that we have in this uh, particular session, honestly, it's one of the reasons we're holding the AI Revenue Summit. Uh, last last summit we had uh, in the spring, we reached out to some of the people who were attending and said, hey, what topics and technologies do you want to hear about? The number one thing we had was, was AI. I reached out to uh, the LinkedIn world, and uh, that's how I got to meet Jordan. And then I'd known Dan. Dan's been working in the AI space for a while. To, to give you a little bit of a of an introduction. Dan uh, is the founder of Wrench AI. Um, he has created over 15 uh, personalization AI go-to-market uh, go products. He actually has an AI patent for hyper-targeting. Um, he's launched over 60 crowdfunding platforms, um, platform for, for innovation and strategy with, uh, at Conagra. Conagra, did I say that right? Conagra? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 20 plus years in behavioral sciences. Uh, he went to the um, the wonderful and exceptional University of Utah where he majored in the same thing I majored in, which was argumentation and decision-making. He's the other person who majored in that. Um, and he wrestled in Anaconda. I'll tell I, you later, but yes. <laughs> so many questions, so many questions. Um, the other guest I'm, I'm really excited for, this is, this is uh, if you're ever questioning social selling, the value of LinkedIn. Jordan is my use case of why this is awesome. Um, I reached out to everybody and said, hey, the person you want to talk to about AI is Jordan Crawford. Uh, we connected and uh, before we knew it, we were sitting around my kitchen table uh, having a chicken dinner and talking <laughs> AI and strategy and marketing. Um, and we've been in touch ever since. So Jordan runs a B2B data agency that helps companies um, go to market with bespoke data sets and is the creator of Jordan GPT that helps define your ICP and persona and give you campaign ideas. Um, and then he teaches people how to, uh, and organizations, how to use AI using 50 to hundred GPT four calls under the hood, which you can actually give a try at, uh, at blueprintgtm.com. So Dan, did I miss it? Leave, leave anything out? Plenty. No, 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 you did wonderfully. Thank you. All, although, what about you? Well, although you talked about him wrestling in Anaconda, like how am I going to beat that? Like <laughs> no one told me, you didn't tell me that that was going to be like the intro and I needed to come up with a way better stat. <laughs> like, I'm Forget all the AI stuff. <laughs> I don't know that that's a positive <laughs> as much as a what? <laughs> so, yeah. You get it, right? Uh, so. Yep. Well, great. Uh, well, we have so many questions. If you have questions about Dan wrestling in Anaconda, um, reach out to Dan on LinkedIn as well. So demand it actually. All, all, <laughs> all that aside, 
all that aside, let's, uh, let's dive into it. Um, yeah. So I think we do kind of want to, to lay some groundwork and I realize that we've probably all heard this probably several times today, even, but we want to talk a little bit about AI, what it is, um, and get kind of an idea of what, uh, predictive text is. Um, and, uh, kind of want to talk about that a little here, Dan, you've got some thoughts on this kind of, yeah. and Dan and Jordan kind of give us your thoughts on what this is. Yeah, please hop in. So, um, largely what we want, um, when we're dealing with AI is to help people understand that it's just kind of an umbrella term. Uh, there's narrow AI and there's general AI. General AI is the Skynet that people think of that potentially takes over the world. Uh, all indicators are that we're probably still a long way out from that. Uh, narrow AI is basically specific purpose AI that's for very you know targeted and tight use cases. There's machine learning. That's what most people had heard about before 2023, uh, where you basically were able to say, okay, I want AI to basically pick out, like say a person in the road or the silhouette of a person in a road, person, dog, sign, whatever, that's machine learning. What we're dealing with today are GPTs and generative AI. Their job is largely to create and predict the next word. Its job is to generate content. And specifically in most GPT transformers, uh, it's redundant, but it's basically predicting the single next word. The really big thing to understand between those two that I think gets a lot of people into trouble is they oftentimes use them for different applications. They assume that just because GPT is in chat, GPT kind of sounds and reads like a lot of really great kind of decisioning that it's intelligent. Reality is it's actually just spitting out the next most common word uh, that it's been trained to deliver. Can you show those slides really quickly for me one more time? Yeah, sure. Uh, a good example of this is your partner saying, I'll do the dishes tonight. <laughs> it's like, that's a prediction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I had an employee who really wanted to go see the new Mission Impossible movie. His wife did not. He put in, uh, we put in a great prompt in the chat GPT saying, hey, write a letter to Gabe's wife explaining why their marriage is in the balance if they don't go see this movie. Now, it wrote an amazing letter. The thing I will say, though, is it, the, the GPT, the, the AI did not know what a movie was. It didn't know who Gabe was. And it did not know what a marriage is. Yeah. Right. But oh, it wrote I, an yeah. amazing humorous letter that that fit the bill i, I will you're gonna say something yeah I, was, I will say this like we are gonna land the plane we're gonna give you actionable tactics with real prompts that you can use but this yep. um the stuff that dan's talking about is absolutely important for us to understand because you're uh this thing is so big it's so massive that the opportunities for you to use it in the wrong way are immense and so yep. dan's gonna help us uh focus our understanding and then we will get into actionable tactics that you can use Yes. Perfect. Very quickly, just the last thing that I want people to understand is that what you see on your screen there is from the white paper on uh, ChatGPT. It's the training data that it was provided to read. So if you think about it, basically those those GPTs, those generative pre-trained transformers, their job is basically to just, if you say, hey, if I give you this sentence, what is popular words that follow the second half of this sentence? It was trained on the common crawl, which is basically the internet, the publicly available web. Uh, it was based on Wikipedia. It was based on basically all the digital copies of books since Gutenberg. So that's really important because one, it's read a huge, huge, what they call a corpus of text. What's really, really also important is what it didn't read. It didn't read all the private stuff. It didn't read people's emails. It didn't go behind the scenes to understand how Google Analytics work. It didn't actually go get its degree and uh, pass the bar exam. What it did is just read publicly available blogs and things like that that said, hey, here's a question from the bar exam. 
And that what it is doing, it's not actually intelligent. It's not spitting out the actual answer that it understands to the bar exam. It's literally just spitting out the text, the most common answer that people are posting on the publicly available web. So it's not sentient. It doesn't know what and who you are and all these other things. It doesn't know what marriage is. It just knows which words are next to marriage based on what was publicly fed into it. All right, Jordan, I'm going to shut up now. So well, no, I mean, I, I really wanted to enforce that point because um, the way that you should think about this is this is the world's greatest collection of experts and idiots. <laughs> so it's like, have you ever like read YouTube That's comments? Good like, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm the guy in YouTube comments. And so like GPT is yeah. like, oh, that guy knows what he's talking about. It's like, no, it's like the lulls and also like uh, Ernest Hemingway. Yes, and so yes. that's how you need to think about it is like, if you want more Ernest Hemingway and less lulls, like those are your, it's the world's most powerful 12 year old. Um, so, um, so what we're going to do here is um, the best way to teach the world's most powerful 12 year old is to walk them through all of the steps to get them to the place that you want. So um, you can think about ChatGPT as trying to direct a three ton hippopotamus, which I think is about how much they weigh. Um, and so the way to do that is you can't just say, you know, go from zero to 50 on a dime. You got to move the hippo a little bit to the left, a little bit to the left. So what we're going to do is I'm going to show you exactly how to do that in three particular ways. First, I'm going to show you how to come up with campaign ideas. ChatGPT is immensely creative, but people ask it to be too creative. They just say, do all my work for me. And it's like, sure, but and it's like really bad at that, right? Um, uh, so we're gonna give you the prompts that you need to have it come up with like really unique campaign ideas. It's very creative. Um, then we're gonna dive into B2B offers. So one of the single best things that you can do to get any of your campaigns to perform better is offers, is provide a really compelling offer. Most people, their offer is, Hey, Steve, you and I, we wear clothes. Oh my gosh, we're the same person. You should buy my B2B SaaS. Here's everything about it, right? This is what most people's outbound look like. Um, and if I came to Steve, and which I did, my offer to Steve was like, hey, Steve, can you make me some chicken? Uh, he made me some chicken at his house. And then I said, can I give you some data for free? He's like, I will take data for free. Like, will you go use it? He's like, I will use it. Right. And so I had a great offer, which was to come over for chicken. Uh, he took me up on that offer. And then it was to actually help him generate revenue, um, before we ever got to a purchasing decision. Um, and then we're going to go over subject lines. Um, if we have time, um, uh, and then Dan's going to land this plane with actually showing you how to take this uh, to market uh, using uh, wrench and uh, basically building some of the cool AI stuff into a product. So, um, so let's, let's dive into it, Steve, if you're. Yeah, let's, let's uh, right here. So, so don't, don't be furiously taking notes because we will share the whole chat GPT conversation with you. These links are public links. Um, so uh, you can even actually, you want to use machine learning right now. If you take a screenshot with your iPhone, you can copy the text in the photos app right now at like Apple made this easy, um, but we will share these links. Um, I want to specifically call out this custom instruction. So uh, GPT released this, ChatGPT released this recently, which you can give it context on who you are. Um, and so I said, I am, I always use this phrase, I am the world's greatest AI B2B expert. So I, I lied to ChatGPT because it doesn't check. Um, and these are my custom instructions. So when I have a conversation with it, it kind of knows a little bit about who I am and what I'm going for. Um, so uh, I'm like, 
Jordan, you talk about campaign ideas. Why the hell do you care about B2B persona and ICP experts? Like, why does that even matter? Well, we're talking about moving the three-ton hippopotamus. So you're, we're going to get there. But to do that, you got to start way at the beginning. What are the first principles that you can anchor on that can start to get that hippo moved in the right direction? So it's like, here are the people that know a lot about ICPs and personas. Okay, great. So now I've, I've said... Focus on the experts. I want the experts. I don't want the uh, the the lulls. I don't want the meme machines. I want the people that write that are experts, right? That's where I want to uh, mm -hmm. move you, hippo. Great. What makes a perfect ICP and buyer persona that a VP of product marketing, uh, those, these are like their exact role is to build ICPs and personas. What makes a perfect thing will like that they would all love and agree with? Like some of this is a little Jordan uh, uh, being fun with the, with the prompts. Um, but it's like, great. It's like specific. It's data driven. I haven't even created a uh, ICP or persona yet. Here's an example. I said, okay, great. Uh, now create a template that these experts and three VPs of product marketing would all agree is perfect and complete. Now, what I'm doing here is this wonderful theory called tree of thought. And so I'm getting it to eventually provide a lot of examples here at a high level. And then I'm going to have it cull down those examples and say, get rid of these. Uh, and so I always bring, uh, I always bring uh, the three musketeers into any chat that I do. Who are the three musketeers that can help me? And I ask ChatGPT to define those musketeers, and then I have them debate. So, okay, great. So we've got an ICP in persona. You know, personal insights, hobbies, interests, right? You don't uh, you know, I, sometimes I don't even read these, the, the responses to these early prompts because I'm just trying to move that hippo. Um, mm -hmm. great. Um, now well, well, you're yeah. in effect, you're training, you're training GPT on what, not just what it knows, but what you want it to do. Exactly. Yeah. And to do that, you, the further back you start at the very first thing that's most important. So the way that you should think about this is like, if the world's brightest, uh, 12 year old came in and knew nothing about, uh, your subject and you wanted to get them to start on day one, you can't say define an ICP and persona. They're like, what the hell is an ICP and persona? But if I could say to them, go read about an ICP and persona, and like, and they could read all of the texts on the internet about ICP and persona and come back 10 seconds later and say, here it is. They're like, okay, great. Mm -hmm. So um, you should think about this. Like if you're onboarding a new employee and you know that they can do the job, but they know nothing and they have no context of your industry. Um, uh, that's the world's smartest 12 year old. Okay. Uh, now here's a B2B SaaS website, create a buyer and ICP. Now notice I just pasted in a bunch of junk. I went to this, um, uh, this company's website. I just pasted in a bunch of their website and then it defines what that looks like. It's B2B SaaS companies, medium to large enterprises, um, uh, that have this technology environment, like data driven Dana. Look at that. It even rhymes for me. Amazing. So, okay. So we've got this, right? Um, now create a very detailed buyer persona for this company. So it goes in and it creates the buyer persona. It's like, okay, what do they care about? Um, and I'm going to like skim through this because you'll have the full chat. It's really important for you to know my thinking here because you want to replicate the thinking, not necessarily any of these individual prompts because you may be doing this for something else. Great. What are on these buyers' minds? What are their quarterly and yearly goals? Uh, uh, what are they personally thinking about work? What matters to them most, right? So now what I'm doing is I'm saying, get in the mind of the buyer. Sales performance and metrics. And Steve, you should recognize these. These are your buyers. Um, forecasting and accuracy. Lead quality improvement signals. Perfect example. Process optimization. Team alignment and training. Well, what are the yearly goals? Like alignment, like technology stack, sales and marketing collaboration. Oh, this is a big one. 
uh, MQL. It's an SQL. We should just fight about it until the end of day. And who cares about revenue? Let's let's uh, have a definitional right. battle, right? Um, uh, Data-driven decision-making, return on investment. They want efficiency, right? So it's like, okay, great. Empathy for my buyer, right? Um, given data about the product or service and the target companies, let's break down potential scenarios when a company might need the product or service most. Perfect example for, um, for signals. So website traffic not converting. That's a great moment for signals to go after people. Um, lead prioritization challenges. So how do you prioritize leads and find the best leads? Uh, poor alignment between sales and marketing. So if Steve is going to help you define your ICP, that's what's going to merge those two things. Ineffective outbound efforts. Why get someone cold when you can get someone warm on the website? Limited visibility into anonymous website visitors. That's a little bit of a gimme. Um, inefficient sales and marketing tools, customer engagement. Okay, mm -hmm. great. Now take these ideas and turn them into multiple campaign, consider the company lifecycle, their problems and our product service. Evaluate each idea based on its relevance and frequency in the target market, right? I want it to occur often and uh, be painful. Explore high level. So I just want a super high level, right? So it gives me campaign ideas, sales and marketing synergy, maximize outbound success, illuminate your dark data campaign. You should run that one, Steve. Um, yeah. I like it. Uh, unlock your pipeline potential. It even rhymes. Make every visitor count. That's a good one, right? Like aimed at business with high website traffic, but low conversion rates, right? Perfect example. Um, now let's improve upon them. Like using depth first search, ensure each idea is optimized, right? So all I'm doing is saying like, modify this, like, like keep going. Now what I do is I'm like, Okay, pretend you're innovative, Ian, the ideal buyer for this company service. You are pitched similar services every day. You see similar messages like you're very skeptical of new things from strangers. You're very uh, creative and know exactly what you want. So this is where I'm bringing in a, um, uh, a variety of experts. Now, you don't see this, but in a previous prompt, I asked like, who are the best at this kind of stuff? Uh, and so I just brought in their names here so I can kind of think about this. So it's like, so now these people are debating. So I'm having a, they're getting a free debate for me. Um, only now replace it, right? Replace only the best ideas, like provide your best campaign. Rediscover your website's hidden treasure. Dive deeper, score better, unveiling the subconscious intent of your leads, right? This is much better campaign. Like, yes. Um, unifying heartbeats, synchronizing your sales and marketing pulse campaign. Wow. Really good. Empower your outbound arrows, strike with precision and speed. Oh my gosh. It's so much better than the original ideas. Unlock your website, dark room, illuminate. Like, so this is really, really much better. Um, and then I just say, Hey, let's improve upon it some more. Um, then I actually said like, give me, give me an ad here. Uh, and then I'm just repeating all my prompts so you can see the prompts here. So this is like a perfect example of how to come up with uh, with campaigns here. Um, uh, like well, here I, are all the prompts, yeah. I think th this does highlight, and and I'm, I'm 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 this highlights one of the things that I think people miss. They they misuse GPT for, which is oh, great. This is a super easy way for me to go ahead and write an email. I talked to a, an email marketer once. He's like, yeah, I just throw like, hey, write an email to VP of Sales. It does this, this, and this. And it shoots out an email and then I'm good to go. You spent some time and energy training this, this, yeah. this tool to get you exactly what you want. And as a result, he got the same email that everybody else gets. You're getting hyper, you know, hyper specific, really good content that you can go ahead and, and, and start to, to build out. Yeah. And the interesting thing too, is it knows who you are it knows everything about 
the context of your problem. It knows who your buyer is. It knows the context of their situation. So if you ask it to write something, it has that whole history to anchor against. And you can say, mm -hmm. evaluate this uh, from what my product or service does based on the understanding from the website and evaluate it from the perspective of the buyer and have these two groups debate about this to make sure that this email talks about the problems. Now, I never use the word email in any of my prompts because it's, um, to, to Dan's point, um, this is trained. There's no uh, great uh, uh, historic authors of email content. No, there's only really terrible people that have written sequences from 2011 that everyone copies and uses. <laughs> and so it's like, if you ask it to write an email, it's like, sure, I got you, boss. 47 pages all about me. No problem, right? Um, right. And, sure. and so the, the reason that those templates are on the internet is because they stopped working. So someone had no problem sharing them to get content marketing. If they wow. were great sequences, they wouldn't have shared them with you because they were making them money. So it's like of all of the things that GPT knows about email is the thing that it's absolutely the worst at. Um, but like, can it like create code and like a gluten-free recipe for salmon? Like it can do that for you. No problem. Using Gatorade. I tried it actually. I did that very <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. Chocolate chip recipe. I just didn't cook it because I didn't have the guts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I gotta say Jordan to your credit on that. Like, again, we were talking earlier about how using like different methods to kind of different AI is good at different decisioning kind of methodologies. Your prompts, I got to give you credit, buddy. The, uh, the the different methodologies of hitting it, all right, talk about their job title, talk about their pain points. I mean, you're basically getting in the orbit, if you will, of that hippo. You're getting and you're asking the question in different ways to get better context. So if your job is chat TBT and you're trying to understand the context of what this prompt is trying to get at, Jordan's session there is giving you, okay, what industries are we talking about? What are the people? What are their pain points? What are they doing? And one, we'll probably get into this a little bit later, but man, is there a lot of focus on behaviors and interests and other things there that are a really big deal uh, that uh, I got to give you credit. That's a smart way to go around and oh. uh, develop those personas. Well, yeah. And thank you so much. But your, your analogy is better than mine than hippo. Um, the universe is a good, when you in, enter this thing, imagine you're starting at the center of the universe and like, you got to get to earth. Well, you can't just say, make a left on the way to earth. It's like, well, what, where is it in the universe? Well, it's like kind of on this side. Okay. Well, what, well, it's in the, uh, you yeah. know, it's in the Milky Way galaxy. Okay. Well, where is it? Like which planet? Well, it's the third rock from the sun. Okay. Well, where's and, the sun? And, and, well, and where are you right now? Yeah. Right? So yeah. Like, yeah. Let's start there. Let's start the bit. Yeah. Like, where are you? Yeah. Like, there's you're, all, you're yeah. Absolutely steering and giving it coordinates to get you closer and closer to the content, the people and the yeah, type like, of you got, you got the world's largest rope and you got to just like pull <laughs> in all of the knowledge to you. So um, now, I'm going to go, I'm going to, we're going to skip the offers, um, which I think are really good, but it's very similar. I, Cause I, I, I was going to say the worst part about writing emails for me without question, every single time, is subject lines oh yeah right uh, well it's like what do yeah. i put yeah it's totally. signals and blueprint you <laughs> yeah, know it's like yeah. oh god don't do that uh right um, but well no it's yeah. no it's it's so funny because everyone has this problem now before i dive into this i'm going to give you a good uh subject line uh hack which is bait but not switch so let me give you an example of bait and switch uh, Steve, your daughter's in the hospital. Ah, just kidding. I got a B2B SaaS offer. Like that's a bait and switch. <laughs> so Steve's yeah, going to be yeah. like, I, I hope you uh, never contact me again and that you die in some pit. Right. But if I bait, but not switch. And I say something like, um, uh, like your concerns, 
right? It's like, well, what are my concerns, right? And it's like, ah, like <laughs> I've got you into the email. So the subject line has done its job for you to open the email. And the single thing that people do is they make it a complete thought. So they're like, oh, just like, let's complete the entire thought. So it's like, great, I can delete it right from here. The only purpose of a subject line is to get you to open the email. Um, so, uh, so let's dive into subject lines. Um, so I'm doing this in a different way, right? Before we gave it a bunch of context, I'm going to do what Charlie Munger calls inversion thinking. I'm going to start with the outcome in mind and then try to reverse into my use case. Give me some of the most shocking copywriters who write wildly things that are jarring and get people's attention that are very controversial, right? I didn't give it any context about me, right? I'm only going for the open. And it's like, it's like, hey, like, I'm not here to provide, I'm sure to maintain focus. Like, so it, I had to like try this prompt because it's like, that would be too shocking for me to, <laughs> so, so it's like, it gave me people, it's like, give me 10, uh, three to four word subject lines that these people might write that would shock the person reading, like ultra controversial, right? Ditch the boss, <laughs> profit or perish, right? Shred your contract, AI or a buy. <laughs> <laughs> all right felicia um like tech titans tremble no more meetings like say no to update so in this case like it has no idea what i'm selling or pitching it's like okay now you um now evaluate so then i what i tried to do is like come up with a first line uh to uh to go to that shocking example right uh notice your promotion recently i bet uh i bet steve uh would be proud but don't you want their job ditch that boss by doing thing to get steve's job right so I try to like write in to the subject line to try to land this plane. And it's like, so evaluate this, right? As these great copywriters, it's like, um, it may generate mixed feelings, right? I was like, yeah, it might generate, like, if I tell you to replace your boss, like it's provocative. Like, um, so given your, I, I, my prompt is like, use AI as an empathy machine. I'm like obsessed with using AI as an empathy machine. Um, so it changed it for me. Congratulations, you reached promotion. I'm sure Steve is proud. However, why stop there? Empower yourself with thing and secure a path towards even higher leadership. That's a much better sentence, right? Because it's not about replacing Steve. It's like, uh, how do you help? How do you, how do you mm -hmm. get promoted, right? Um, and so it did a really good job there. So it started out with a controversial idea. I gave it an example um, and it, it fixed it. This is actually some really good behavioral science behind this method. Um, so again, to your credit, my friend, the, uh, we've done some study in behavioral sciences that's basically like, hey, how do you actually generate word of mouth uh, marketing? And like, there's basically three components to that. It's basically, can you introduce something that's novel into the conversation? Um, that's what he's doing here with like the off the cuff stuff. Uh, and uh, the, the interesting thing about when you introduce kind of those really surprise concepts into the conversation like that, they actually have an exponential impact. So the challenge that most people mess up, they need to be uh, novel. They then need to be relevant, meaning they need to be very, very surprising, but they also have to be relevant to the conversation. That's what you did when you landed the plane. And then the final piece for word of mouth marketing is the tools to share. We'll skip that one for now. Um, but yeah. it's actually a very good thing. You, you've actually, you can see in a bunch of campaigns like Old Spice. Do you remember the high enders? The guy that was like picking up the surfboard. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. Yeah. That whole premise was built off of this because they were going, hey, if we can introduce something that's very surprising into the conversation, it becomes memorable. Yeah. Um, if we can make it and keep it kind of relevant to the guys, the Anaconda thing, that was this exact reason. No one's going to forget that. It's funny that you say that because it reminds me of the guy that uh, that did like 
the credit locking thing where he shared his social security number and he's like, yeah. no one can hack me. And like, he mm -hmm. like, lock. so yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like so interesting because maybe he actually made more money on that because more people talked about it, even though he like had his yeah. identity stolen a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, but it's funny that you say that because that's exactly, I didn't share it. We'll share it in the link, but that's exactly what I did in the B2B offers. I said, mm -hmm. give me offers that people in the past have like responded for that were unique and, so I started with some context of offers. Um, oh, wait, one last point on that. The yeah. exponential impact of the surprise, it goes both ways. So if it's exponential and relevant, you get an, a substantial bump in satisfaction from the user and the recipient. If it's a surprise and an irrelevant, the exact opposite happens. So like when you're in your car and you, you see road rage, it's because you just got surprised by something that you didn't expect to happen. You have an exponential response to like, I mean, let's be honest, you, you should have expected that guy not to get, use his blinker when he merged, but that's what happens. So if you go really surprising, but irrelevant, they mark you as spam, they block you, they whatever. So you do have to kind of walk that fine line. Well, that's, that's clickbait, that right? Relevant to the concept, right? No switch. I totally agree. That's, that's, you just described clickbait when it's, when it's yeah. surprising and irrelevant. That's clickbait. You get pissed, right? You get furious. It, yeah. It also reminds me of, I've got a friend of mine who, who's a, an author. He's got a couple of, of novels that he's published. And I was, I was talking to Rob about how he starts. Cause it's, you know, everybody wants to, you know, write something maybe. And, uh, um, he, I said, so what's, what's the process? And he goes, I actually write the last page of the book first, right? So when you said you, you start with the kind of the end in mind where you want to go with these subject lines, that's kind of came to mind where he says, okay, this is where I want the characters in my story to end up. Now I'm going to write the complete opposite of that. And that's where they're going to start. And the story is getting, you know, through that, through that arc. And I, I kind of like look at this with like the subject lines is, is that's kind of what you're doing here is, yeah. is you're thinking about, okay, where do I want to end? And how do I start that with the subject line? Yeah. And in that case, and I think that people need to break out their thinking, which is I want it to end with an open. The goal of a subject line is not for you to, great, I read this subject. Where can I submit my credit card? Like, it's just like no B2B sale has ever happened that way. So yeah. it's like, you just need to think about this micro. Hope, yeah. Hope. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like, uh, respond with just your credit card number and we'll complete this B2B transaction today. And we'll tell, tell me you about it later. Yeah, yeah, tell me the limit. <laughs> that would be a great subject line. Here's my credit card number. I trust you so much. Go use it on me. <laughs> and then we'll have a call if you enjoyed your copy on me. Right, uh, right. Uh, but that, yeah, that's a perfect, and uh, this is inversion thinking. And Charlie Munger says, all I want to know is where I'm going to die so I can not be there, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> yeah, that's like a great idea. Um, so I just, I, I'll, I'll put it just a second here, but like, give me 10 out of the world. Like, so it's like uh, <laughs> coders in utopia, SAS or sorcery, aliens stole your data. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like they just, I'm like, okay, like more controversial, more objectionable, like, like kill your IT to snake oil so i'm just like i wanted to give me more and more ideas um and then i did the same thing right it's like oh code the new snake oil um let me know if these legit copywriters like with such a huge and i just invented a service i it wasn't processing for any particular company um with such a huge engineering team and ai all but the world's greatest b plus engineer you're sure paying a lot of that engineering team snake oil would you think they could charm more snakes with these ai and their coding and this is just me writing here. Um, and it's like, okay, it could be clarified. With a sizable engineering team and AI potentially matching their skill, you might wonder if you're uh, pouring resources into a bottomless pit. 
could your team create more value by hiring AR in their coding, right? It did a better job, but it only did a better job because I had, I had all of the world's best copywriters and I moved the model into the more written side of the world, the book side that Steve talked about, the, um, the, the people that are credible and less Jordan commenters on the internet. Uh, and if you haven't seen him, you need to Google Ken M. He is the world's greatest troll on YouTube answers, uh, like the YouTube answers from the 90s. He is fantastic. Um, and the last thing I'll say, uh, oh, these are the prompts. The last thing I'll say is, uh, and Steve, you can kill the, um, you can kill the share. The last yeah. thing I'll say is you need to look at his uh, particular troll where it was like, NASA has Curiosity rover land on Mars. And it's like, why does why do they get to explore Mars when the rest of us suckers have to go work down here on Earth? <laughs> and so I was like, mm, that is like a plus trolling. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, Dan, uh, Dan, I want you to show us how we how we do this. Like, we've got some good ideas here, but now I want to like land the plane. Show us how we actually take this to prospects. Um, yeah, uh, Steve, can you share that uh, other deck back on to the go to the prompt engineering? So one thing that's really quick to just I'll go really quickly on the slide, but just. Rewinding just a little bit, those AI generative prompts, the content that they're coming up with, it is zooming in and your job is to try to zoom in and get closer and closer if you're using the analogy of kind of the universe, right? Like all of these words and all of that content is built like the universe and you're trying to make your way to the Milky Way galaxy and then make your way to our solar system by giving it more and more context in your prompt so it knows more about the subject matter that you're talking about. On your screen here is basically when you go and you talk to marketers like behind closed doors, they all admit they don't actually know what matters. They rarely actually get time to test it. Their data is in silos. They don't have access to it. They don't have the human resources to get it to talk to one another. It's actually relatively recently that that data has actually been able to even get into the same data lakes where they can analyze it. So most of the time when people go, okay, well, what really does matter? We talked about how you needed something novel, but it still needed to be relevant to the recipient party. Most people don't know. Most people don't test it. I mean, I'm, raise your hand if you've ever been at that company or just like A, B, testing. I'm going to try the first thing I can think of, and I'm going to try the second thing I can think of, right? Like, I mean, that's again- I've got to get this out, so I got to, yeah. That's why this the GPT method that Jordan's putting out here is actually really good because he's trying to build in the novelty. He's giving himself multiple options. Uh, go to the next one for me, Steve. But very importantly, as we talked a little bit earlier, the risks and pitfalls with it, remember what it's showing you is what is popular around that content and context. It isn't showing you things that were private. It isn't showing you things that were tied to conversions, right? It's showing you what was published in blogs. It's showing you what was available to it in high frequencies. So be careful and make sure that you kind of choose the right tool. Uh, AI and generative AI is really, really good for ideation. It's good for coming up with prompts and ideas and content and things like that. But if you're rounding a baseball diamond, it takes you to second base. I'd be very wary of people that are like, yeah, I can give you this prompt and it's perfect. You should send it out exactly as is. I go, no, 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 no. Like you just saw, Jordan created 10 different prompts. He's not going to send all 10. You're not even going to create campaigns with all 10. Some of them suck. Some of them are really good, right? Yeah. That's the nature of that technology. Aliens stole your data. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. So with that generative AI, that can get you into kind of the solar system that you want to be with. It will give you ideas that will oftentimes very much speed up your ideation and your creative process. But don't assume just because it's in there that it's right in terms of, you know, Jordan talked about the email problem, right? It gives you three page essays like no one ever answered that. 
Well, and Dan, I do want to make a, something that we're not going to share here, but um, but that you talked about before we hit record here is that you can ask AI to help you prompt AI. So oh, yeah. you can wrap all of your prompts in like, here is my goal. Do not answer this question. Just evaluate my prompt. What would ChatGPT fail at? So you can kind of inception this a little bit. Um, and and say like, hey, I know AI is bad at these things. Am I doing any of these things in this prompt? And then you can help yourself learn. You can teach it to teach you how to prompt better, which is like, ah. Yeah, go to the, actually, go to the next slide. I think we may have it in here. This is really quick. Yeah. What uh, Jordan was referring to is the green text on the right. So again, everybody will make this stuff available to everyone on the call, but that's a, that is a prompt that basically tells ChatGPT, hey, I want you to act like my prompt engineer. I'm not sure exactly what uh, my perfect prompt looks like. Please help me kind of clarify and give you more context for what we're trying to accomplish when you don't have pre-written tasks like Jordan's already handed out. One um, thing I want to um, say, you, you, yes, you just dropped a phrase there that I want to highlight. Yeah. That is that is a title that I'm starting to see at companies. Oh, it's only in the last six to eight months that I've heard this title, which is prompt engineer. Number I mean, a year ago, did, did anybody even LinkedIn or whatever? What number one in demand job title? On LinkedIn. No one, no one knew what that was a year ago. And, and oftentimes, one because I mean, ChatGPT launched basically mid December of last year, right? So, mm -hmm. um, a lot of that uh, work came up, and oftentimes, too, a lot of those prompt engineering jobs they're related to the fact that you need to kind of understand how those models work, so you know what to ask, so you actually get useful time. I mean. If you go do the math, when we were building some of our tools, we were looking into kind of like what worked. And one of the things that you find in productivity, those GPT tools are fantastic at coming up. Like if you say, give me 10 subject lines, it'll give you 10, but you may spend the next three hours tuning the prompt if you're not careful, and you could have just written them by hand and saved yourself a ton of time. So it's very important on these. So number one, give it instruction, ideally with reasoning, right? So like add your job or role or summarize this text. So I'm kind of laying out there just what Jordan did. He was basically jumping around. He was giving it a lot of context, this person, this job title. He was basically helping us get into the correct solar system in the universe by giving it a bunch of different information that helped us get more and more targeted into what we were asking for. Um, two, give it examples of good input, right? So you can take and you can refine your concept. Again, Jordan did that here. It basically went, hey, I like these, rewrite these. He gave it actually iterations of feedback to get closer to what he was actually looking for. And then finally, save your prompts because seriously, pull out the stopwatch and watch how much time that you can burn just screwing around sitting in front of a chat GPT window. It's a lot. And a lot of times, I, I mean, I'm amazed at how many people just forget them and don't come back to them ever. It's like, keep that thing. It's useful. Uh, come back to it. So yeah, we'll absolutely make this available too. So if you want to use the text on the right. And, and Steve, I want to show uh, one more thing. Um, could you uh, pull up my screen? I'm going to show you one, one additional uh, hack here. So if you Google uh, tree of thought, this is like the deep scientific paper. And I'm like, I have no idea. I mean, like this is like way beyond me, but it's not beyond ChatGPT. So what I did is I put it into ChatGPT splitter, which just split up this entire PDF. So all you have to do is go copy and paste each of these into ChatGPT and say, I'm trying to create a prompt engineering friend 
uh, that will help me evaluate prompts. So you can use the latest scientific research on how to get these models to perform better. And then you can have ChatGPT summarize the latest stuff, which by the way, remember it's knowledge cut off in 2021, 20, uh, September. Mm -hmm. So this will allow it to take the latest research and then it will give me a prompt that I can always use um, to help uh, improve my prompts. And then you can actually make it help you uh, in ChatGPT. You can, um, I, let's see continue this conversation i'll show you the um if you go here and you go custom instructions um so these are the custom instructions these are my custom instructions and i had chat help me write custom instructions so how do you want chat to respond and it's like i want you to challenge me so you can paste in this paper and then you can say i'm creating custom instructions for myself that will always help me use the tree of thought framework to improve my prompts and that way, it'll always be with you to help those type of things. Um, right, let's Love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Great. Dan, are you, are you still there? I'm here. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's Great. see. I can't remember if we're at the end of that slide deck or not. We may have one or two left. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got one or two left. So we're yeah. talking about, I mean, the other thing, which is, oh, you know, yeah. it's about, yeah. Okay, so we talked a little bit about this, the different types of AI earlier, and this is the output that comes out of the machine learning models. Remember, they're the ones that actually help you make a decision of true or false, this or that. They spit out what's called feature weights. It's kind of like the recipe for the model. What worked, what didn't, what type of data was valuable in making a specific prediction. And this is the recipe from a model that was designed to predict who was going to become a customer. Um, so again, when we're looking at these, we're going, okay, let's break out basically the product and content that was used in the emails and the other and the advertisements that were sent to the individual. Uh, let's look at, again, analyze them a little bit and see if we can understand personality traits, product adoption, meaning their behavior within the category. Uh, let's look at brand affinities. So these are other values that are associated with the brand. Like, hey, do you identify with like, if it's Nike, it's individualized effort. If it's Apple, think different, right? Um, the thing that you remember that slide earlier with all of the different bar charts when people don't really know what matters now They don't always follow this exact recipe But the point that we wanted to make here is just that understand behaviors are substantially more predictive than most people understand They don't put nearly enough weight into those and oftentimes when you look at it like look professional b2c and demographics geographics and things like that um, oftentimes things like job title are actually a lot less predictive than they think. And a lot of people don't know if you went and you go and type in, like, if you go download 10,000 people off of LinkedIn right now, 8,000 of them plus are going to have totally different and totally unique job titles. No one just used like, other than like CEO, CMO, almost everybody else is like a prompt engineer. Uh, uh, you know, I'm a dynamic, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. They are uh, and, and you not nearly as usable as people think they are. Well, as an example, you know, you might be an account executive at one company and then you go to, uh, you know, another company and now you're a sales manager and then, sure. you, you know, the managers are directors, the directors are VP. So there's all this like title inflation and people yeah. just make stuff up because they don't want to be an account executive, for example, because that's yeah, hard to sell when you're, you know, it, it's, you know, th there's, there's all sorts of stuff like that where you need to dive deeper than just what they happen to put on LinkedIn. Yeah. So 
Um, when you do and when you're looking at it, I mean, this is kind of what some of our technology tries to specialize in doing and automating the research to understand kind of some of those behaviors, what people's activity is in the category and other things that help you zoom in. And again, you're providing a lot of them, same way kind of uh, Jordan's using them from prompt perspective. Again, when we go through and we go, okay, cool, we made this, we, we, uh, we built the prompts, we built the ad copy, we analyzed the people that actually became customers, what matters. This stuff is the stuff that ultimately does matter. It's the stuff that if you're building personas, I would suggest you spend your time on uh, because it's going to go a lot further when you actually check your work and go, okay, you know, personas and ICP, like if you go look, a lot of people have a totally different understanding of what should or should not be in there. And most of the time after they implement them, well, if, usually they throw them in a drawer, but if they actually implement them, they're oftentimes making guesses and trade-offs on what ultimately matters. So mm -hmm snapshot this in your head because oftentimes it can help you get a lot further into what you should be paying attention to. Uh, let's see what else we got. One more. Uh, I think that was, uh, that was the last one we had there. Um, I think we're talking about the, uh, you know, the, uh, the offer was the next one, but uh, sure. Yeah. I, I think one of the things, you know, I, I, I do want to show that, but I think one of the things that, that you guys do that's so cool is you give us insight before we even talk to someone about who they are, what type, you know, how to convey information to that person um, in ways that there's there's no way we would have known just by you know looking at their title or pulling their 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 name and, and email address. But is this person a caring creative? Are they you know early adopter or late adopter? There, there's those insights that you've got that are really that help you tailor that message. And you, know, you mentioned hyper-personalization earlier. It helps us hyper-personalize that message more than, uh, and, and I'd say, argue in a more important way than, hey, you went to uh, University of Utah and your mascot is the uh, is Swoop, the red-tailed hawk. Therefore, you know, that, no one cares. But yeah. there's a way I receive information. I care because go youths. But <laughs> there's... The, there's a way, there's a way that, you know, I like, I like getting the information, but that, you know, when I'm talking about work that is important to me and that's part of what, you know, you guys are doing. I think it's part of what it's important to, to dive into and it's stuff that you wouldn't even think about. And I love the, the example you give about three exclamation marks, for example. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So that's, man, is it all right if I share my screen really quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah go ahead and, 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 and add that and I'll just, uh, I'll throw it up on the, up there. All right. Me. I'll just do, can you guys see my screen? Not yet. And you just got to present share screen. If you go to present share screen and then I can, once it pops up, I can. Uh, ah, well, let me, I'll do it on the, uh, I'll do it on the, uh, it's going to ask me for permissions because this is a new product, but I'll tell you what, as a part of the offer, that'll save time and things as well. Um, but if you want to see how we do this at Wrench, uh, you know, again, we'll automatically like to, to Steve's point, our job is to basically automate and take a lot of the guesswork out of the questions of who do we talk to, what do we say, and how do we say it. Um, you know, we use a uh, generative AI to basically help uh, generate some of that same kind of um, uh, content as well. So, you know, you put in your LinkedIn URL, you put in an email address, we basically will go and look it up, we'll capture the digital exhaust from that person. Uh, what words are they saying? What likes do they have? What brands do they mention? And then we'll capture other things like other nifty little uh, personality traits, like to Steve's point, little tricks like, hey, if someone uses three exclamation points, they're almost exclusively extroverts. 
They're the only people that seem to do that. So this technology has just hundreds and hundreds of rules that start to identify different personalities. And then we lay on machine learning and other ways to predict it from other things. Um, and we can start to tell you, okay, here's the person, here's their activity in your category, here's their personality or their like personality. So that when you're taking that content from those prompts that Jordan provides, you can say, does this content, does this email with its mention of whatever it is, big hippopotamuses and, and uh, anacondas <laughs> or whatever else, can you Galaxies. say it's actually relevant to Dan, my recipient? And Rent, Rent will say, hey, Dan actually knows what anacondas are. So yes, save it, send it to this one. Um, the offer that I've got for you, if you guys want to come and try some of our tech, I'm happy. There it is. Um, if you got come and sign up for uh, the uh, Wrench Tech, we're at uh, wrench.ai or web.wrench.ai is the application. So if you want to come and sign up and use the, uh, the you can email me and use Signals Beta uh, and uh, we will give you 500 bucks off a team plant. So that's more than a couple months worth of, uh, of uh, free tickets. We've got 50 of those coupon codes, but we'll give away basically, you know, 20 something thousand dollars worth of uh, of uh, usage credits on wrench so you can use those to analyze your audiences here you can run personas and build persona profiles all types of uh, generate content all types of fun stuff and if you email me if you go to intent.blueprintgtm.com log in and you email me the word anaconda i'll give you a month for free of my uh, of my data too <laughs> I, I i i do want to and 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 guys just so you know both of these are awesome tools i've used both of them and loved them um, so, and if you've got questions about it, reach out to me and I'll tell you how, how great they are or, or how they can be used. Um, I do, I do think we want to finish on one thing. Um, while we were, we're rolling, um, and, and we were recording, we, we went to, to jet GPT and we asked it a question, Jordan, I'm going to let you, cause you had more fun yeah. with it than I did. <laughs> yeah, I'll let yeah. you. Yeah, with we, it. we really wanted to know what ChatGPT thought about the Anaconda. Um, and so I have my custom instructions that it's like, it seems like it's not related to your core business objectives, but I'll do it anyways, which is, that's how I want a good employee to respond. It's like, I don't think you're making any sense, but what am I doing? You're not paying me for that. So it's highly discouraged and dangerous, like a powerful creature, significant threats. Um so I said, but my friend has done this. He said he did it to get your attention, but can you provide guidance to Dan on other things he can do to people? They'll be just as shocking, but less dangerous to his health. So it's like, certainly creative marketing campaigns. So it got way businessy. <laughs> I said, I said, no, no, give me crazy ideas. hundred percent unrelated B2B SaaS. It's like, okay, great. Create a world record. Dan could do that. Flash mob performance, right? Create an urban garden. Like these were okay, I think. But I was like, but Steve is from Utah. Give me Utah ideas. Um, I'm a dancer from Utah. Uh, salt flat arts, like desert music festival. Okay, these are a little bit better. Um, uh, mountain flash mob, like, okay, Dan probably wants to only spend three hours, but these like, what can you do that's very fast and even more shocking, right? Skywriting messages, flash freeze mob, like painted rock surprise. Um, and then it said, uh, <laughs> uh, quick extreme hair transformation. I said, Dan has more like beard hair. So <laughs> beard sculpting. So it's like, this is again, right? Beard dying, like Utah landmark beard art. Oh my God. Can you do a delicate arch? Like, that's great. A beard treasure hunt. If you can find a coupon code in Dan's beard, he will give you a year for free. So there we go. There we go. Uh, beard food challenges, edible replicas of Dan's beard. <laughs> like that's a great campaign idea. Uh, so this uh, is how you should get uh chat gpt to come up with ridiculous it's actually that's, think... that's pretty damn good one of the favorite things i ever had one of my co-workers just put a sign on my cubicle and it just had a picture of seth rogan and then a plus sign and a picture of hagrid 
and it just went Dan Baird. And I went, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, I, I think we, we, we went off the rails there a little bit at the end, but, uh, um, you know, the, the, the idea is, you know, there, there's so much that we can, that we can, uh, um, oh, wait, oh, there's so much that we can go ahead and do with chat GPT. We got to get creative and you got to not be afraid to do the work. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much for those, those campaigns, those, those threads on how to go ahead and, and, uh, um, kind of use that and fine tune some of those campaigns, subject ideas and offers, Dan, your insights into, to, uh, general predictive text and, and, uh, and, and how to go ahead and use this and be more specific and, and hyper-personalized really appreciate it. Thank you so much guys. Um, I think we're going to leave it there. And, uh, if you have any questions, I know both these guys are really active on, on LinkedIn, as am I. Feel free to reach out to us, um, connect with them, and uh, ask away. And, and with that, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Steve, I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, thanks for being my co-panelist here, Dan. I'm oh, so grateful. I got you, sir. Have a great time. We hope you have enjoyed diving into the intricate world of AI and gaining a fresh perspective on the forces that drive our interconnected world. If you found today's episode intriguing, don't forget to check out others on our website at getsignals.ai. Thank you to our speakers and listeners. Your curiosity and enthusiasm for the world of AI keeps us motivated to bring you the most engaging content. Until next time.